Hello and welcome to the Camargue podcast, where we talk to business people, commentators and industry experts across a range of sectors. Join us as we discuss the latest trends, emerging challenges and all the amazing opportunities and solutions that are out there. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Kamok podcast. I'm Johnny Brownstein, and I'll be your host for this edition. We're here today on the 18th of February to discuss the news that the energy price cap in the UK is to rise by 54% this April. Uh, wholesale gas prices have sharply risen over the whole period of the, of the current energy crisis, um, and as much as much as seven times, but approximately have, have quadrupled in this period. Britain is facing an energy crisis, and for consumers, this in turn forms part of a wider cost of living crisis. In the past year, the latest count is that 29 energy suppliers have either been placed into special measures or exited the market altogether. Now, we do cover a great deal of ground relating to uh, energy sectors in various editions of the Camargue podcast, and listeners are encouraged to explore that further. But today, I'm delighted to be joined by Daniel Norton. Now, Dan has held senior strategic roles at Centrica, Colorado, Ernst & Young, and British Gas over a 15-year career in the energy sector, and is now deputy director for the price cap at Ofgem. Dan, thank you very much for joining me this morning. Thanks, Kenny. Dan and I are here today to discuss what is happening in the UK energy market. We'll be talking about Ofgem's work on the price cap, the current market for providers, the options that consumers have, and some of the larger external factors which may shape the future of the domestic market, such as Brexit, climate change goals, and international developments. So Dan, let's start with what's happening now. The price cap's in the headlines. We're in, the early, in an early stage of an energy crisis. The price cap is, is about to go up by the most on record. So can we start by taking your position on what's happening, uh, what's gone wrong, if, if you think something has gone wrong, and what's likely to happen in the short term? Sure. So the, the fundamental problem, as you, as you put it, is that wholesale gas prices have risen uh, very strongly. And you know, this isn't just a, a short-term blip in, in gas prices like we had uh, in 2018 from the beast from the east. This is a, a, a sustained and, and structural increase in, in gas prices, largely driven by the uh, reduced flows coming from, from Russia and increased demand as we come out of the COVID uh, lockdown, increased demand, not just from, from the UK and Europe, but, but all around the world from Asia. And and that's meant that uh, supplies of gas have, have come under under great pressure, and, and therefore the cost has gone up very strongly, as you as you say, uh, you know, quadrupling or, or even up to seven times at, at, at some times. And um, the impact of that on on consumers um, is 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 huge. You know, as you say, the, the price cap is going up by fifty four percent as of the first of April, and and this is. Uh, in line with increases in energy prices that the whole rest of the economy has seen through uh, through this period, businesses have already been suffering these these increases, um, and and yeah, you know, it's it's a it's a very big impact on cost of living at this time. Okay, so there's there's some international um, factors that you've alluded to there, um, which uh, I'd like to ask you about a little later on. Um, but for now, um, just sticking with kind of the domestic price cap, is it could it have been avoided at all? Um, does the increase in the cap even bring any advantages? So um, the the cap is is designed such that it 
allows energy supplies to recover their costs, uh, a small margin, but but no more than that. So it's designed to, to make sure that the prices charged by suppliers are fair to customers. Uh, it's it's not it's not designed to uh, force energy companies into subsidising customers and to and to selling their product uh, below the, the cost that they're that they're incurring. So as their input costs have gone up, the the price cap has had to go up to to follow that. Okay, the the cap itself was uh, introduced as a temporary measure in two thousand and nineteen. Now, what does that look like for the future? How temporary is temporary? Do you expect it will stay with us? So the, the price cap, as it stands, is due to expire at the end of 2023. But uh, Bayes have, have announced that they're intending to extend it beyond that. Now, you know, we haven't seen the, the legislation come through on, on that yet, but, but that's our expectation is that, is that it will be extended. Okay. I was, I'm keen to take your position on what's been happening within the energy market. Ofgem's had a, a deliberate approach of encouraging market diversification um, for, for the past several years. Now, given that 10% of the price cap increase is going to be used to cover the costs of, of, of collapsed suppliers, was that the right call? So the, the, the new suppliers that came into the market have, have delivered a, a number of benefits for, for consumers over, over that time, you know, improved customer service, decreased costs and, and increased innovation. You know, some of the business models that we've seen brought in by, by new suppliers have uh, you know, been, been very positive. But I think uh, by, the, by the same token, not all of them were as, were as well capitalized as the, as the major suppliers to be able to deal with this with this crisis and and some of them were, were badly run as you know you get badly run businesses in all in all sectors um, and the, the, the scale of this crisis has meant that uh, any any of those suppliers that were uh, in any way vulnerable you know that vulnerability has been uh, has been exposed. And it's as you say, it's it's resulted in that in that exit of, of very many suppliers from the from the market. Now, the, the way in which that works is that as as those suppliers exit, the the rules that we have in place to protect customers make sure that they are transferred to a new supplier and that they uh, have their credit balances protected, and that their the, the new supplier can charge no more than the, than the price cap. But that comes at a cost, and, and, and that's that extra cost that's gone on to um, all customers' bills as of the 1st of April. This is the um, supplier of last resort levy, solar levy. So, come, again, that's an, an, another uh, topic I'll come on to shortly. But, um, I mean, what are the, what, from your point of view, what are the lessons learned here? I mean, the, the risk of smaller suppliers having not being run particularly well, for example, um, surely that's a known risk. Uh, so, my question really is, is Ofgem intending to change what it's what it's been doing, and what what can it do differently going forward to kind of prevent a similar situation? You mentioned rules to rules for customers, uh, so to protect customers' balances, for example. Will Ofgem be bringing in new rules as a, as a consequence of what's what we've seen in the last year? I mean, you know, we're, we're making a number of changes to try and make sure that the that the costs that supply that that customers have faced due to the um, exit of suppliers. Um, isn't repeated to the, to the same degree again. Uh, some of that is around making sure that suppliers are um, better uh, 
um, better able to, to weather these storms, whether that's their internal processes or whether that's the uh, the amount of capital that they hold in order to, to protect against these, uh, these, these sorts of shocks. Uh, you know, we're doing a, a lot of work with suppliers to try and make sure that they are equipped to, to, to deal with market stresses uh, over in, in, in the future. And, and part of it is around making sure that as companies enter the, enter the market, that we've got robust procedures in place to, to make sure that they have the, the systems and, and capabilities that they, that they need. And, and some of that was already starting um, before the crisis hit, uh, but, but obviously, you know, from, from from what's happened, we we need to move further in, in that direction and make sure that those, those protections are are in place. The the other element that we're that we're doing is uh, the, the price cap itself. Uh, we're, we're trying to make sure that it is uh, more more flexible in in times of this significant wholesale market volatility, and we're consulting in a number of ways in which we can reduce the risk that the price cap uh, exposes suppliers to. Because again. All of this comes down to benefiting customers in terms of if, if we can make sure that suppliers are better able to weather these storms, then that reduces the cost on customers as a whole. You mentioned um, new suppliers entering the market. I mean, we've seen a lot of suppliers exiting. Um, do you anticipate more suppliers exiting the market? Does that create space for new ones to come in? or And is that likely uh, under the current circumstances? Um, and, and are there particular kind of business models that, that Ofgem would advocate, well, you know, comparing the small suppliers to the big six. Sure. So I, th- I think it's fair to say that the the energy market crisis that we're that we're in has not yet ended. Um, you know, the the some of the supply companies are still under pressure, and we're monitoring that very closely. Uh, you know, we can't rule out that that there, that there won't be. More, more failures um, along the way, um, and and there are small suppliers still waiting to to enter the market. As I say, you know, with with new business models and new um, ways of ways of offering a, a compelling proposition to customers, and and we're keen to make sure that that continues that that continues to be the case. But we need to make sure that, that that any new entrants that do enter the market do so in a controlled way, and we're putting in place sort of milestone assessments so that as they grow, we make sure that their capabilities grow with them as their as their risks grow. Okay. So um, Emma Pinchbeck, who's CEO at Energy UK, she said lately that energy companies should have a closer working relationship with Ofgem. And is that kind of what you're talking about? Is that a position that you agree with? Definitely. I think. Through through the gas crisis, the the way in which Ofgem has worked with the industry has has improved a lot. You know, we uh, have significantly increased the the frequency and uh, and and all of the different contact points that we have with suppliers. Partly so that so that we can make sure that they're um, operating operating well, but also that they've got the, the opportunity to input into us, and and that we've got a, a listening approach to make sure that we're we're taking on board their concerns and working with them to try and solve some of these problems. Because in in a lot of cases, uh, it's in it's in both of our both both our interest in terms of being uh, the, the sort of proxy for for customers and in suppliers' interests that we all weather this storm together. 
Mm. So this is one of the reasons I was really keen to speak with you, um, because all the headlines are saying off-gemers are, inc- are increasing the bills. Now, clearly what we're saying is, and what we understand is that's a consequence of, of wholesale prices going up. That's it. That's doing the majority of the heavy lifting there. And I don't I don't see off-gem getting enough uh, column inches to, to say we're also trying to protect the customers, and that's what we're here for too. I'm not sure if that's if that's... If that's um, being given fair weighting in the in the in the media. So, what reforms do you expect Ofgem will be introducing to protect both both customers and suppliers? So, so one of the one of the big risks that suppliers are are facing is that they, they've got far more customers on the on the price cap than they originally expected. Uh, as, as, I'm, as I'm sure you're aware, the reason the price cap was brought in so was so that customers who didn't shop around would uh, be protected by a price that wasn't necessarily the best in the market, but which did uh, offer offer a fair price to customers. As I say, you know, the cost of supply plus a, a fair margin. And what we've seen during this crisis is because that controlled level hasn't moved as quickly as the underlying commodity market did, we've seen customers who you would normally expect to, to shop around shelter under the under the price cap and that's one of the things that has really caused uh, a lot of stress on suppliers because they were having to supply customers at a, at a low price compared to the to, to, to what they could procure in the market um, and, and a, a much greater volume than they had bought for when prices were lower back in the, back in the past and, and they had to absorb some of the costs of of those unexpected customers. Um, sheltering under the under the price cap, and the, the, there's a number of measures that we're putting in place that are that are there to uh, protect against both prices continuing to rise and for the risk of prices falling. At the moment, prices are still very high. Uh, all of the all of the tensions around the Ukraine and and the the fundamentals of, of supply and demand mean that the prices are still very high, but they are still very volatile. You know, we. I think it's it's fair to say we still have risk both of prices increasing even further and risk of prices starting to fall if things start calming down a little bit in in terms of that that situation. And suppliers bear bear risks in both of those circumstances. So in a in a falling price scenario, we've just uh, announced an implementation of what we're calling a market stabilization charge where suppliers who've done the right thing in terms of buying the energy for their customers um, at today's prices in order to protect them against against prices going even 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 higher um, if the market starts falling and if um, unhedged suppliers can start offering much cheaper deals then then that leaves those those suppliers exposed to to the risk of holding that that high priced energy being able to not being able to sell it having to take a loss on that so the market stabilization charge kicks in when prices fall below a, a certain level and it, it uh, it's a charge that goes from the acquiring supplier to the losing supplier that re- that allows them to recover some element on, only only part of but some element of the of the loss that they've made on the on the commodity that they've purchased for those for those customers so that increased confidence gives them the ability to go out and hedge and um and, and not be worried about whether those customers are going to stay in the in the long term, because as I say, there is this big cohort of customers that you would normally expect to switch around, who are sheltering under the under the price cap at the 
at the moment, and that's that's a big risk that we're trying to that we're trying to address. And then in the in the longer term, so we, we've got a consultation out, but um, from October we're proposing to change the the way the price cap works. And at the moment, our preferred option is to move to to a quarterly price cap. And what that does is that that reduces the amount of time uh, for the price cap and the open market price to to, to deviate from each other. So by mm-hmm. having more frequent updates, it keeps the two better in sync and and reduces the the incentive um, for for customers to be uh, sheltering under a cap when when maybe that's not their normal their normal behaviour. You know, everyone will will move up and down at the same time, and it will mean that there's there's less of a gap between them. Uh, but but as I say, we're still we're still consulting on that. So um, you know we're we're open to to understanding uh, different different participants' views because it because it will mean that customer prices are are more volatile than they than they were in the past. It's obvious that uh, the economics that underpin the market operate on a completely different timescale to household bills. Um, and so kind of communicating that to the public um, is obviously a really difficult uh, task that you must be facing. A few questions in around the kind of the agency of the customer and what Offgem's advice would be. Um, so you're talking about customers who don't uh, shop around, for example. Um, now, you know, my my wife and I, we try and, and shop around as best we can, but we both we both work. We've got a little one at home. Um, it's not always feasible. Is it fair on customers that the onus is on them to to switch and find cheaper deals? So, I mean, I think I think our, our position is that on the whole, competition co- competition when working effectively is the best protection for for customers. It encourages innovation and, and it keeps prices under under control. But clearly. You know, when when the price cap was was introduced, it was on the basis that there there were a a, a set of customers who didn't regularly shop around, and they, and they weren't getting a, a fair deal. And um, you know that 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 means that as the as the price cap has, has come in, but those customers who who don't shop around, they are they are protected to some degree, but still the best deals should be available in the in the competitive in the competitive market. Um, unfortunately, the way the market is is operating at the moment, that's that's not that's not the case. Uh, a lot of the um, switching sites have changed their advice from uh, always always shop around to you know what actually just stay put until this crisis is 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 over. Uh, I would like to think that as as time goes on and as as the market stabilises, that 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 level of competition in the market reemerges and ultimately. We can get to the point where the where the price cap is isn't necessary in order to protect all all customers, but I think we're you know a, a little way from that at the at the moment. Uh, and I think the other the other thing to to mention is that one of the um, one of the other reforms that we've that we've brought in through this uh, through this period is to make sure that where suppliers are offering competitive tariffs in the market, that they make sure that they offer them to. Uh, their existing customers as well as to as well as to new customers to try and make sure that customers who do you know always have access to the best deals.
Now, I also wanted to ask you about this um, the supplier of last resort levy, just just staying with kind of the, the customer for now. Um, lots of suppliers go, have gone out of business. Customers are being switched automatically to big six companies. And this has happened to me as a bulb customer. Um, so my understanding is that I'll have to pay a supplier of last resort levy, solar levy. So can you give a bit of detail as to how that works? Why should customers have to pay that? And, and, and how, should that give them confidence in the system? So bulb is slightly slightly different because that's gone into what's called the special administration regime rather than uh, supplier of last resort. So bulb is still your supplier, um, but it's it's being backed by the government at the moment, uh, and and they're looking to restructure that business. So that's slightly different. <coughs> so um, uh, my previous supplier went into supplier of last resort, and and I got picked up by by another one of the one of the major suppliers. Um, put onto a price cap, a price cap tariff. Now, what what will have what will have happened is that that supplier has incurred costs in in bringing me on, in that they've had to buy energy in the wholesale market at a much higher price than than they could sell onto me under the under the price cap, and they've made an application to Offgem to uh, allow them to recover some of those some of those costs, and and we've assessed that claim. And agreed that it's uh, that it's a fair a fair cost, um, and then that levy goes on to all customers. So not so not just price cap customers, but but all but all residential customers have to pay that levy over the, over the course of the next year. And I, I think I think it is fair. You know, the system arguably wasn't designed to deal with quite so many supplier failures at the same time and, and the costs are, are higher than I think we we would have envisaged but but it is the nature of the extraordinary crisis that we're in that the that the, the, the costs of supplier failure are are so high and mm. and through the course of, of this of this crisis over four million people have been protected in in that way and, and you know have, have had no interruption to their to their supply and and Although you know they might have lost access to some of the cheaper deals that those that those suppliers were offering, all of them have been protected by a, a maximum price of the, of the price cap. So just to be really clear in terms of the claims that they've made, then they're not making claims for excess profits. They're making claims for the cost of, of bringing those those customers on, and and those are are real costs. And you know those are. Uh, you know, we we have an established process to try and make sure that though, that that when suppliers come to us with those with those claims, that we assess them uh, and, and make sure that they are uh, valid claims. Okay, thanks for that answer. And I think the um, see, it's important that the the public may not unpick the the um, the different the different factors. They'll see, well, my bills have gone up so much, and I know it's gone up. And that a chunk of it is a price cap, and a chunk of it is because the bills, because energy costs more. So let's look at some of the broader kind of influencing factors. Now we've looked at the uh, the wholesale cost of gas going up. I'd like to look forwards and see. Well, hang on, how are we as a sector? What are the likely external levers that may be pulled here and there, which will influence um, the sector domestically? So let's start with Brexit. What do you think is the impact? of Brexit on the UK energy market? Short-term effects? Uh, do you feel optimistic about the future in the long term? So in, in the energy sector, actually, Brexit has a very little impact. Uh, the the gas that comes in is, is largely governed uh, by international treaties that, that are sort of outside the... Um, ha have always been outside the 
uh, jurisdiction of the of the EU. Um, so the, the gas price crisis, although it is a a Western European crisis, it, it, we, we are just as affected as all of the countries that that remain in the in the EU because of the interconnected nature of the, uh, of, the, of the availability of supply between us. Uh, um, you know, if you if you think about someone like Norway, who is also outside the EU, they can choose to send gas either to the UK or to or to the EU, and the that means that the costs that we bear are are very closely connected to to, to the rest of Europe. In terms of the, the the longer term, I think the the crisis that we're that we're in has shown uh, the exposure that we have to to gas as 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 a major fuel for for heating in in our homes and for power generation and for and for our businesses and and i think it 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 does um give us a food for thought in terms of how we might change that going going forward as as, as we try and um you know develop more renewable and more more domestic sources of of supply as opposed to relying on gas, maybe quite so strongly as we as we have done. So yeah, re- re- you've touched on uh, the next two things I have lined up actually: renewable and domestic. Um, so, um, well, by renewable, what I mean is, in, is gas the solution? If we're, you know, are we over reliant on gas as a supply? I'll give you the example that France is committed to building several nuclear reactors, um, possibly as many as fourteen in the next thirty years. Is that a get out of jail free card for for an energy market that's over reliant on on a car, on a fossil fuel? So obviously, France has has a very different energy mix to us, and and didn't have access to gas in the same way as as Britain did during the. The, the the 90s in in particular and and you know they they've been dependent on on nuclear for a much longer longer time and they've got a very different market market structure uh, you know most most french homes use electricity for heating as opposed to uh, gas in the, in the uk so it is a, it is a very different mix and as i say the the, the uk does have uh, some some new nuclear power stations being being built. I don't think it, on their own they're going to provide an answer. You know, the the, the scale of uh, of the input that they're going to have is it isn't isn't as 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 high as as it I think it will will ever be in in France. But but they do provide an an important input. I think the the thing to remember is that you know a combination of nuclear and and renewables coming in will give us you know. A, a greater access to to electricity as we as we move away from as we move away from gas. And do you see? So this is all part of a um, a uh, a future in which we orient our energy infrastructure and, cons- and consumption around climate change goals. That's top of, of many agendas. So what is Ofgem doing to influence the markets to meet climate goals? So. In in, ter- in terms of the, in terms of the fuel mix, a, a lot of the ways, a, a lot of the levers that we have to influence uh, the the growth in renewables and, and other forms of generation are a matter for government, as opposed to to Ofgem. What what we want to do is we want to make sure that we that the that the market regulations that we have in place are fit for a world where we are moving a- away from. Uh, fossil fuels and and into into a world where 
you know we're we're, we're compatible with with net zero and, and and there are a lot of challenges in that in that area in terms of the way in which we uh, operate the 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 energy system the the increased volatility that we that we have from from wind and and the the way in which we engage consumers with with buying with buying green energy you know those those are all areas in in off gems remit and and uh, you know we we are even though a lot of our focus over the past few months has been on the on the gas crisis i think you know we're we're committed to making sure that that we continue those programs of work and, and deliver those benefits for consumers you uh, you mentioned um russia at the start of this uh, this conversation um situation in in ukraine now at the time of recording that situation is is uh, unpredictable and uncertain um so what impact would would conflict there have on gas prices and is that is that going to be a, a short-term flare-up or are we looking at long-term structural change so and, and as we were saying right at the right at the outset I, I think it's i think it's wise for us to consider that there is that there is risk of of both gas prices increasing further from where they are and risk of, of gas prices falling from from where they are uh, you know we we can't second guess what's gonna what's gonna happen geopolitically and we just need to make sure that that whatever does happen the market is resilient in those in those circumstances obviously you know in terms of the cost of living impact of, of a further rise you know that, that would be a very big issue for consumers and and that and that has been you know at the heart of our of our concerns through this through this whole period but but again, you know, but the tools that Ofgem has to to bring to bear to this are are largely around making sure that the system works correctly and that and that the price is being charged a fair. When it comes to to the cost of living element of things, it, it really is down to government because they've got the the tools that they need in order to to, to help resolve that for for customers. And is it Ofgem's role to influence kind of government strategy at all? So Ofgem will will advise in terms of what's feasible, but it but it is for for government to make decisions around you know how how they're going to respond to these to these crises. So the final question that I that I wanted to ask, following on from that, um, is about a word that has come up in a in a number of your answers uh, across this across this conversation. You've spoken about resilience, um, market resilience, and so. Bearing in mind Ofgem's position, relationship with the government, what kind of work is it doing and what strategies does Ofgem see as essential for developing and strengthening that resilience into the future? I think the the impact that we're seeing at the moment of, of both the gas crisis and the climate change crisis are that the, the systems that we rely upon have become more, more volatile and more complex. And that applies across the energy system from wholesale through to networks and, and into the into the retail sector. I think we're we're very aware that the work that we have to do over the next few years is to make sure that the that the system as a whole can respond to that volatility and can and can respond to that unpredictability. And the the aim of moving to a much more flexible, much more dynamic system that can that can deal with that, I think, is is a theme that flows through the whole of Off Gems Off Gems work program. Okay, thank you, Dan Norton, Deputy Director for the Price Cap at Off Gem. Thank you ever so much for joining us today. Thanks.
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Kamarg Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe via the usual channels, whether that is Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you prefer to listen. If you have a question, subject suggestion, or if you'd like to be featured, you can get in touch with us at podcast at kamarg.uk. You can follow us on LinkedIn and on Twitter at Kamarg UK, and you can also subscribe to our weekly Viewpoint email via our website. Thanks for listening and catch you next time.